This is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. Tonight's episode is number 32, A Plague. Before I get started with tonight's episode, I do want to mention a few housekeeping matters and an and apology. The apology is I, I can hear that this is a bit, uh, the sound quality is not what I would like, and that is because I am recording directly onto my iPad or my iPhone without the use of a microphone. I took it with me to Florence, I believe, and of course I left it in the hotel, and of course they can't find it. I don't know that I, I will say that it's been pretty rare that I've ever left something in a hotel and had them find it. But, <laughs> but, but again, that's, you know, that's my disease saying like, well, you have an obligation to find my things when I leave them in a hotel room and not steal them or take them or not find them. Um, it's purely my fault. And uh, I had ambitions of cre- you know re- creating and and recording podcasts over in on my little journeys, and I clearly didn't. But anyway, so I apologize for that. The sound quality isn't what I'd like. I am returning home for a week in a week, and I will gather my microphone then and use it. Now, back to the business at hand. This is not an AA meeting, but it is my act of service, a candle in the night, I like to think, if you're in the darkness. Reach out, uh, use this to listen to and just to compliment your program. Number two, I'm not a mental health professional. Please, we very much all sufferers need someone on our shoulder, someone who had got our sick. Get a, get a therapist, get a guru, get a... Get whoever, you know, get somebody with some medical training, some healthcare training, and 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 listen to them. But make sure it's somebody you trust. I mean, if you love them and trust them because you know they have your best interests, then that's the person you need. Not somebody you don't like, not somebody who you think, you know, talks down to you, nothing. Get a great therapist. Number three, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. Please respect my anonymity. Um, I've been a little bit loose with it here and there um, over the course of this podcast, and I've posted pictures and linked to other links and things, so it's not hard to figure out who I am, but I, I, I certainly, and I don't have a problem necessarily with you knowing who I am. I just I just want my anonymity respected and, and protected, and, and I will protect yours. Um, you know, this, please don't dox me. Uh, I, I, I'm simply trying to be of service here, and I have no commercial value or benefit to this podcast. This is a purely act of altruistic service that I'm attempting to give back to the community. Number four, with that in mind, I will never charge for this podcast um, or my acts of service. This is uh, this is not something that I can, uh, I that I have any intention of doing or accepting. I will not solicit nor accept nor, nor take advertisers or sponsors of this podcast simply because. I I have to do this for me. This helps me stay sober. 
Um, so, with that said, let's get on to the plague. Act 3. Scene 1. I pray thee, good Mercutio, let's retire. The day is hot, the Capulet's abroad. And if we meet, we shall not scrape a brawl. For now, these hot days, is the mad blood stirring. Mercutio, thou art like one of those fellows when we, he enters the confines of a tavern, claps me his sword upon the table and says, God, send me no need of thee. And by the operation of the second cup, draws him on the drawer when indeed there is no need. Am I like such a fellow? Come, come, thou art as hot a jack in thy mood as any in Italy, and as soon as moved to be moody, and as soon moody to be moved. And as we know, that is a scene from Romeo and Juliet where Tybalt and Merc Mercutio ultimately duel or fight, and Mercutio is killed. And when he says, when they fight, Romeo says, draw Benvolio, beat down their weapons. Gentlemen, for shame, forbear this outrage. Tybalt, Mercutio, the prince expressly hath forbidden the bandying in Verona streets. Hold, Tybalt, good Mercutio. And then Mercutio says, I am hurt. A plague, O both your houses, I am sped. Is he gone and hath nothing? And they, and they go back and forth. And he says, I, I, a scratch, a scratch, Mary, tis enough. And, and he says, no, tis not so deep. And, and Romeo asks, courage, man, the hurt cannot be much. He says, no, tis not so deep as a well, nor so wide as a church door, but tis enough. Twill serve. Ask for me tomorrow, and you shall find me a grave, man. I am peppered, I warrant for this world. A plague of both your houses. So I'm not going to analyze a plague of both your houses. What, I'm, what I am going to say, though, is that as you good listeners know, I'm living in La Serenissima in, La, in Venice for the summer. And one of the things that this ancient empire and, and glorious, and interestingly, it is not so ancient as in comparison to other parts of Italy and other parts of the world, but it's very ancient compared to us Americans. I met somebody the other day who was describing their palazzo, and they said, um, I said, how old is your palazzo? And they said, well, it's, it's not that old. It's, it's young, actually, compared to some of the other ones. And I said, well, how old? And they said, 250 years. And I said, well, that's older than our entire country. And they said, well, of course, you know. But uh, um, the point being that one of the things that the Venetians encountered in the um, 1,600 years that it's been in existence, give or take, were as many Europeans did uh, was the plague and I was fortunate enough yesterday to take a tour kind of dedicated to the plague and what they would do is you know the, when the plague broke out um, when they had an incident incident of the plague they would uh, the the doge which is sort of like the duke of Venice the leader uh, would 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 promise that if God would deliver them and, and they would be delivered from the plague, they would build a church in honor of either Christ the Redeemer, which they have, I think it's Redentore, that, that church. And then there's 
um, Salute, to health, and Santa Maria de la Salute. And, and so it's this church that is, in my opinion, the most, they're all pretty amazing here. But Salute is, to me, it just strikes my heart every time I see it. I'm just in love with it. It is unbelievable. And, and it is dedicated to Mother Mary and St. Mary being, and, 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 as, and to health. And, and it's the, the architecture and there are titians and, 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 and art inside. And yesterday I went in and saw uh, the titian that is uh, that with the, 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 to the saints of the plague with San Rocco, who was a, I believe a, a Roman soldier who was persecuted and, and, and they tried to kill him once by shooting arrows into him and, and he didn't die and then they crushed him to death, I think. Um, and ultimately, and other saints, um, but that, that these saints that, that survived the plague and ultimately actually Titian's son died of, of plague and Titian died, they think of the plague. He was in his late nineties, um, which is remarkable at the time. But, but the reason that I, that I brought those, it was an incredible to see these where they, they would have a plague and then hundreds of years later have another plague and so it wasn't as if, in my estimation, like, hey, we know exactly what to do, but they did. Uh, they didn't know how it was spread. They knew that it was spread among certain populaces of the, uh, and, and they knew how quarantines worked. Um, they had a thing, the, uh, the Lazarus or the Lazara, I don't know what the name of it is in Italian, but it was a, a, essentially like a, 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 an area where they would, quarantine people with the plague and that's where you had those sores the the bubonic plague which still exists to this day it's about I, I believe it's a bacterial infection that is spread by fleas uh, when they go from one host to the next it can be spread I believe through blood but it's most commonly spread by fleas jumping from a cooling dying corpse to a live host and then biting and then you get the sores and and death and the reason i thought about and then i thought about romeo and juliet a plague on both your houses and i thought about um sharing some some pretty intense stuff that's going on with me and and this notion of the plague and what plagues you you know we have that phrase what plagues you and and this 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 intense history and I will say that, interestingly enough, you know, I've had my bouts. As, as, as I may have shared, I, I picked up four years last Friday. And, um, and when I say picked up, I picked up a four-year chip. I didn't pick up. I mean, obviously, I, I didn't pick up. I, I, I got four years, and that was awesome. And, and what I found very interesting is some of my biggest struggles come right around anniversaries. I think this may be common. I don't know for sure. Take a little sip of espresso. But that is what I understand maybe others suffer, is that you, you, you get kind of a milestone and and that's when your, you know, your demon, your, your, your demon is, is your plague my plague, and when I say yours, I mean mine. Uh, my plague is is like, it's like Mike Tyson. It's like John Jones. You know, it's like uh, 
Jack Tatum. You know, it's 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 in that cell, you know, doing push-ups. It's doing pull-ups on the bars. It's 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 cool living on bread and water. It's in there, it's like I'm cool because I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna get you. And the way my plague likes to fight is it likes to get me when things are good and it likes to get me when things are bad and it likes but it it it, it you, you think oh yeah you know it's gonna get me it's gonna get me when shit's going bad or when my life's down in the dumps and you know maybe I have a, I, I kind of think of those three those three pointed star in a way of the demons is number one is you have a case of the fuck it's fuck it it's not working like frustration all of these things and you just fear abject fear like I'm going to just deal with it by by wrecking everything and I had a, a bout of that uh, a number of years ago I've shared on that I had a spiritual awakening during that and it saved me did not pick up did not drink did not use did not do anything but it was close um, the other is I think when things are just really down you know um, and the you know, you're, you're just, you've suffered something and, and you're just, you know, I, I haven't had that happen, um, to me where, where things were bad and I thought maybe the, the answer was to drink. Um, there's a romance side of it, the good, you know, oh, it's so, so good and I can handle it and all that. And again, that was early sobriety. I think that was more the problem for me was I would, you know, you go into restaurants and you think about, you know, what you used to drink, you think I can do, you know, why can't I do this anymore? That, but but again, that sort of subsided. Um, the one that kind of came up on me over the last couple days was this just awakening with this this dark care, black care, this 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 serpent this scaly oily serpent in my head that's just like you you know you're you're so down and and you can't you can't get away from the pain um i suffer from a significant amount of back pain from you know my various i don't know but my physiology but also my my exploits in my years and 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 i still am active you know and and i have constant back pain and um you know, I don't know if that's part of it, if it's wearing down on my psyche, but it's that blackness that just, it's the plague, you know? And um, and what I found was, maybe it was like two days ago, I started thinking of alcohol as a possible medicine. And, you know, relief. Like the idea being maybe this 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 is this is what the it, 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 I didn't think this this was the demon this was that serpent that was this was that you know you think about like uh Hannibal Lecter or you know I just think of this like this thing in the in the in the in a prison cell like the Count of Monte Cristo with like a beard but it's like just you know gnarly and he's sinew and and lean and mean and just doesn't need anything other than a desire to get out and kill you that's my demon you know i think of like 
the Regan in in The Exorcist, you know, it, it just wants to murder you and all that's good. And this thing, you know, it takes it took this form, sort of like in The Exorcist, where you know, where Regan's like, "Damn me, why you do this to me?" Where it becomes the form of his mother, you know, "Why you do this to me, Damien?" You know, and he's just like, "No," you know, and um, and and this one where it came to me was, you know, um, alcohol is a medicine. And maybe that medicine would stop you from wanting to kill yourself and would stop you from 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 this pain. And and, and like Father Karras and the Exorcist, I was like, no, you know, not not today. Not fucking today. What do we say to the god of death? What do we say to, to, to drunk? What do we say to, to, to these demons? We say not today. So I reached out to some of my group here in Venice and one of, you know, the, 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 the people reached out to me and then, you know, we had a, we, we like had an impromptu meeting and, um, you know, they were just like, Hey, let's meet, let's get to you. And, um, let's read the big book. Let's read some daily reflections. And it was, man, it was awesome. And, you know, I kind of had a tough day just, you know, again, just kind of getting through some of these things. And being being bummed at myself because I'm like objectively, ladies and gentlemen, objectively my life is fantastic. I, I, you would have to be like a pro athlete, or uh, you know, uh, 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 so I don't even know. It's not, I'm not talking about money. I'm just talking about like objectively, my life is amazing. Um, and. I'm not bragging. I'm not boasting. I'm just saying that that that's actually kind of hard because it's like I've I've been able to do so much and love so much and have such happiness now because of the program. This incomparable life, you know. But but it's like that 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 actually sometimes it doubles back on you and goes, oh yeah, yeah, you're, you and you're still bummed out and you still want to kill yourself, you know. See how fucked up you are, you know. Oh well, maybe you're not a bad person. Maybe what it is is you just have this black tumor inside this 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 peach pit, this like almond seed, whatever inside your brain that's making you really, really ill. And you know what could help give you relief from that? A drink. So um, I woke up this morning and I was having these dark thoughts and this was what was the reflection or the, the the prayer for today in touchstones. Every once, once only. Everyone once, once only. Just once and no more. And we also once, never again. But this having been once, although only once, to have been on the earth, of the earth, seems irrevocable. Rainer Maria Rilke. In the hopelessness of addiction and codependency and as children of addicts, some of us have considered suicide. We have maintained the option as an escape in case life got too difficult. Uh, guilty. Now in recovery, we have chosen life. We've stopped killing ourselves in the slow ways of our old behaviors, yet some of us hold on to our ace in the hole. Either consciously or unconsciously, we haven't made that unconditional commitment to life. It may be one more firm step unto recovery, a vote for the life we have been given to say, 
I will never choose suicide. Whatever comes my way, it is not an option for me. When we give up that one final controlling maneuver, we may find ourselves freer to live in this one irretrievable life we've been given. And let's just pray for a second. God, in choosing to be totally on the side of life, I step further into the care of God, into your love. Whatever I must meet, you, God, are with me. Amen. So I want everybody to just think of that because I don't, I don't know if you're like me. I don't know, you know, um, for the last four years, you know, um, I've been so, I've been so blessed by this program and I absolutely will not die drunk, you know, and I kind of have to go back to the beginning of the program when my, my therapist, um, uh, she was my new therapist. I, I needed a new fresh start. I needed to stop having all the goddamn voices and, you know, I, it was like I had, I mean, I had a counselor for my marriage that had fallen apart. Uh, that wasn't going on anymore, though, at that point. But I had a therapist who who told me that he couldn't ask me not to kill myself because that wasn't really his job and, and arguments about that. Um, he was a good man, good therapist. But, I mean, that, you know, sometimes you need to just be like, dude, put the fucking gun down. Um and, uh, you know, I, I just had so many voices and heads and people and, and I, and that was me. That's how I hide. I hide in plain sight. I hide with words. I throw the words up and I throw people up and I go get a million forms of advice and I, you know, really like take none of it. You know, um, I just per paralyze myself with analysis, paralysis by analysis and fear. And, um, but uh, I heard something yesterday in a meeting that was so fucking cool this guy from New York, um, if you're listening, I think it's Sebastian. Man, great meeting you. Um, name it, name it, then tame it. Name it, then tame it. Like name your fear. Name your, name your, name it and tame it. So naming it, I'm naming it today. It's suicide. And what I'm saying is like, you know, it's been, it's been one of those things. Like I would say the compulsion to drink has been lifted, but the thing that, that comes almost daily is this, like, you need to kill yourself. It's just like a constant battle. And some days it's, it's like, I just have this image all the time of my head being blown off by a shotgun or a gun or something. And I had a friend who did that to himself and I'm always just disgusted by it and feared and all this. And I just, it's like every, almost every day I wake up with that image and like the pain can end today. You could end it today. This could, the, your pain could end. And, and, and I'm so, you know, like, fuck that shit, you know, but at the same time, you know, that's when I just really got hurt was when I was like, oh, you know, you could, you could get relief you know, from that by drinking, you know, just go get fucking drunk, you know? And, and then I started, and then I was like, okay, cool. So this is actually, um, I see you, I name you, I name you and I tame you. I see you demon and I'm fuck you. Not today. Fuck you. Not today. Um, you know, I'm choosing motherfucking life and, um, I have an incomparable life and I can whoop your ass, you know? And I whoop your ass by opening that cage and just surrendering to it. Fuck you. God's on my side. I can't be taken down. 
I'm not going to drink, and I'm not going to die sober, and I'm not going to die drunk. What I mean is, I'm not going to kill. I made a promise, like I, w I would never commit suicide sober because I know that's wrong. And I also made a promise, like I'm not going to die drunk. I don't want my kids to be like, Dad finally did it. You know, Dad finally fucking, you know, we had to find his body and he was drunk. You know, I know that's what they would want to know. Did Was he drunk? Did he die drunk? You know, no, man, I'm not doing it. <sighs> so I choose life, man. I choose life. Um, and that's that plague. You know, that plague comes out, you know, and you're like, man, I got it. You know, and unlike the plague... We don't. I, we can't. We can't put me on an island somewhere and just be like, okay, hang, hang on your own, you know, and and you know, which is kind of what I did a little bit here, being in Venice and an island. But you know, it's like, you you got to be like, you know, you got to be out among the people, finding friends, finding a program, calling your sponsor, calling calling people you sponsor, working with guys, working with other other drunks, you know, and um, and that's what works. It's amazing, but. Um, but I just, I found that, God, you know, I woke up and that's what Touchstone says is you're still sitting there with that off switch, you know, the easy button, so to speak, playing with it, going like, okay, cool, that's an option. You know, that's an option. But there was another, there's a bright side to this. And, it, and, and what I realized was, you know, we are so, we put so much stigma on people. Uh, and alcoholism and drug use, you know, where people are like, oh, you're a fucking junkie, you're a drug addict, you know, all this. And it's like, we don't realize that it's like these people, meaning me, meaning a, a, a huge, and I didn't even think of this, that like there's a huge gigantic segment of, if not maybe everyone, you know, who's an alcoholic, who was like the reason I get drunk is not because I'm having such a good time and I'm on the roller coaster. Oh, fuck, I went too fast and I went off the road and now I'm an alcoholic. It's like, you know, it's like I'm in pain. I am in, I have trauma. I have, I have back pain. I have back pain. Okay, cool. They give me this Oxycontin. The back pain starts to go away. The back pain comes back. I take Oxycontin. The back pain, I take a little more Oxycontin. Back pain goes back. I take a little more. No, no, just ladies, you know, I, don't, I do not take Oxycontin, just so we're clear. I'm, I'm using this as a metaphor. And then the next thing you know, I'm addicted to Oxycontin. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm overdosed. You know, and, and it's like, it's funny because we're like, you're a fucking drug addict, you know. You're not a fucking anything. You're a beautiful human being and you're seeking relief from that fucking Charles Bronson had a baby with Bane from motherfucking Batman and then Hannibal Lecter got into its head and they took Mike Tyson's freaking body at his prime and John Jones, the MMA fighter, and they all had a giant baby that's sitting there with claws and a beard and like snaggly teeth that are sharpened. And that thing is like, it's your pain. It's your evil. It's your, it's your, your vile poison and it wants to kill you and it's like hey guess what some of these things they work over here for a little bit they're gonna fuck your life up yeah they're gonna overdose you they're gonna kill you they're gonna you know but they're gonna take that pain away you know here's a gun same thing we're gonna play with that here's an oxycontin 
here's here's a here's a here's a, a bottle of Jameson. They all work, you know. They're all medicines to ease that pain that we put in your brain. That peach pit sitting around your amygdala or your you know your 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 cerebral cortex has this hole in it. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. You know, fuck that. Man, I want to be like Peter at the gates of Rome, walking out and being like, I'm gonna seek the pain, I'm gonna seek the I'm gonna seek the, the relief, and then there's Jesus, and he's walking back in with a cross on his shoulder like a damn, you know, gangster, you know, strong and proud with his robe and his beard and he's got the and he's got the damn cross and he's going, Hey, you know what? I'm going back into Rome. Get some. You know what they're gonna do to me. And Peter, Peter goes, Lord, Domine Covatis, where are you going? He goes, I'm going back in. You're going back in too. Peter goes, yes, yes, Lord. Turns around, walks in. What do they do to him? They crucify him. And he goes, okay, cool. You're not going to crucify me like Christ. Crucify me upside down. And they take his guts out. They just eviscerate him. But he was like, that's what I want to be like. You know, like with that pain, be like, fuck that. I'm not going out in the wilderness. I'm not going out there in the cold. And I'm going to sit there and shiver and be like, I'm safe. And I'm going to kill myself. Or I'm going to drink myself to death. Or I'm going to do stupid shit. I'm going to take drugs. No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that cross off of Jesus' shoulder. And I'm going to go, let me carry it. Let me carry it. I'm going back into life. I'm going to face it. I'm going to help people. I'm going to help other people get sober. How about that? You know, fuck all the bullshit, the business and, and difficulties and all that. Like, you know what? I'm going to be a pauper. I'm going to go live. I'm going to go in and I'm going to live. I'm going to live and help people get sober. I'm going to help people. I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do some 12-step calls. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call my sponsor. I'm going to work the steps. I'm going to be like Arya in Game of Thrones to the Night King. Not today. Blue eyes, I'm shutting you. Blue eyes, brown eyes, green eyes. I'm going to shut you. What do we say to the God of death? What do we say to the God of to the demon of, of, of addiction. Not today. Everyone, everyone wants, everyone wants, wants only. Just once and no more. And we also once, never again, but this having been once, although only once, to have been of the earth seems irrevocable. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Come on back to me, freedom and happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That's the divine spark. Go and benefit someone else. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. 
fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Yes, think about it. Stop. Get to a meeting. Call your sponsor. Call people you sponsor. Get to a meeting. Call somebody. Go on a 12-step call. That's how you handle everything. Somebody's messing with you, go to a meeting. Meditate, reflect, go to a meeting. Hey, you guys, I need to get out of here. I need to go. You know, no one's ever going to stop you. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. How do we work for them? We work by working the steps. We work by just saying, God, not today. Not today. I choose life. God, help everybody. First, God, please come into my head before I get in there. Thank you to, for doing that today. You did that definitely. Romeo and Juliet, the plague, you got in there. Got me thinking about how I could help others with this podcast. God, help, help everybody who's listening to this do the same. Help if it's your will. Get out there, people, and, 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 and spread some of that love. The love plague. The love plague. Let's spread some of it. 